0: following your true purpose and not being afraid of what other people are going to think. Maybe at first they think you're crazy. Maybe at first they're like, don't do it. It's too big of a risk. But doing that and following your purpose, that is the opposite of depression.
1: Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic, about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode because I am sitting down with the famous, the incredible Dr. Sheila Nazarian, and you are going to love her story, and she's going to inspire you like no other. Now, she probably doesn't need an introduction because aside from being one of the most highly accomplished, one of the most famous plastic surgeons, not just in Beverly Hills, but in all the country, you've also seen her all over TV. I mean, She was on Body Revenge with Khloe Kardashian. She is on The Real. She is on The Doctors all the time. And on top of that, she is all over social media, killing it. She does such a great job of marketing not only her business, but her as an incredible businesswoman and a mother and a wife. And she even started her own television show now. So she is everywhere. And I know that you have already come across her. So we're going to have a great conversation about what it's like to be so successful in a male-dominated profession of plastic surgery. And we're going to talk about her incredible foundation. She has a nonprofit called the Nazarian Institute, where she is helping other aspiring entrepreneurs be more unapologetic by mastering their marketing and mastering their message and mastering their craft so that they can have a lot more success as well. We have a great conversation about some of her favorite charities that she is supporting right now. And really we get into what it's like to be a business owner in this very uncertain time as we are all facing the coronavirus and really any challenge for that matter. So I know that this episode is gonna light you up. It's gonna inspire you. It's gonna give you a lot of very useful tips and I can't wait for you to listen. So get ready, listen up, take some notes because here we go. All right. Dr. Nazarian, thanks for being on. How are you?
0: Hey, great. How are you?
1: Good. So I always like to start my show with a little bit of rapid fire. It's a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And if there's something really good that comes up, we'll definitely circle back around and do a deep dive. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. So we're going to start real easy. Where'd you grow up?
0: Moored Iran till I was seven, escaped on the back of a pickup truck, came to LA, went to school in New York for eight years and came back.
1: Amazing. That's... Yeah, you, you, you say it like it's nothing, you know, escaped on the back of a pickup truck in Iran, like no big deal. So obviously, I
0: mean, I, go ahead. It is a big deal. I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, it's part of who I am and sort of gave me my hunger, I guess.
1: That's so cool. We're definitely going to circle back mm-hmm. on that. And obviously you live in LA area now, correct? Yes. What's your favorite quote?
0: I don't know. Come back to it.
1: All right. No problem. What's one of your superpowers? Organization. Oh, that's powerful. What's one of your favorite books?
0: I would say... Um, what was that one? Life as a Geisha? Do you uh, know that? You're
1: the, okay. This is the second time that someone has brought this book up. I've got to read this.
0: It's really good. Okay. I, like, it, I stayed up till like four in the morning to finish it.
1: Okay. Definitely going check it out then. couple more here. <gasps> uh, what's something generous you've done recently?
0: I uh, donate all the time to whoever asks.
1: Mm, your time
0: don't... Don't broadcast
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Careful what you put
1: out there, right? They're gonna be in the DMs (laughs) left and right. Uh, I know. But seriously, your time is really valuable. So I know how big of a deal that is. Same with your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, what are you grateful for today?
0: Health.
1: Yeah. Especially right now, considering what's going on.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's interesting. You know, we can, let's let's kind of get into the deeper part of the interview right now. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, by trade, you're a super successful plastic surgeon, but you're also... You come from the medical field. And um, yeah. what would you say your take is on the coronavirus and everything that we're kind of facing right now as you and I sit down to do this interview?
0: Uh, I don't think it's a bright outlook, unfortunately, if I'm really being honest. I don't think this is going to be a two-week quarantine. I think it's going to be months.
1: Last night, you and I both learned because we're both in the Los Angeles area um, that we yeah. were going to be under lockdown, so to speak. And then we saw that unfold for all the other cities as well. It presents San Francisco
0: or, just two seconds ago. Did yeah. And theirs
1: is like a real lockdown. There's is like a don't leave your house. Ours is like we're just closing all your businesses. So you have no, to No, that's,
0: go. I think, when the next 24 hours, we're going to be locked
1: down as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So talk to me about <clears throat> all the people. And let's use this as a metaphor for any time we face a challenge like this. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about all the people out there that are kind of panicking in regards to their business, their revenue, uh, their budgets, and their goals. How are you as an entrepreneur navigating this?
0: I mean, I I was listening to a Simon Sinek uh, video that he was talking about how in times like these, as a leader and as a business owner, I think it's best to sort of be in it all together. We all suffer a little bit. Maybe we don't fire everybody and cut everybody off at the knees. But if we go down to two days a week, or we go down to two hours a day or three hours a day, so that everybody can have some sort of income coming in. Uh, because I know the government passed that bill, but I don't know. I mean, how are they going to navigate through all of those applications? We already know like the DMV and everything, how that goes. So how are they going to navigate through millions of applications? Who knows when that money's is going to come in? So I just think it's best um, as a leader to sort of make sure none of my employees are starving, but at the same time, make sure that I don't go under because who knows when's the next time that we're going to have cash flow.
1: It's it's such an interesting time because like you said, there is no way to define how Mm -hmm. long a dip will occur. And so you can't... We talked a lot about generosity on the show. You can't... Be Mm -hmm. so generous that you're generous to a fault because then everybody suffers, right? If you give away all your money, if you're too generous with everybody, then you can't help anyone. But you also don't want to hoard in a situation like this either. And I think that makes it really difficult for a business owner when you've got employees and with your giant social media following staring at you saying, oh, well, you've got it all. Why can't you share a little more?
0: It's so funny. I was in my closet the other day, and I was like, "None of this matters."
1: Yeah, yeah, isn't that fascinating? (laughs) You
0: know, it's just such a humbling. I, you know, I think as plastic surgeons, I'm already pretty humble, but this is like taking it to another another level. That you know, you walk in, and you're like, "If I don't have food, who cares if I have this dress?" And when's the next time I'm even going to wear this dress? You know,
1: that's really crazy. So I Mm -hmm. want to move on by congratulating you. You know, you said it yourself. You're just seven years old. Uh, You left Iran. You didn't speak a a lick of English at the time. And today you are all over TV. Uh, I I saw Mm -hmm. you on Body Revenge with Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. The real, like the doctors all the time. You're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you're one of the most successful plastic surgeons in the country. You are a mother, a wife, Mm -hmm. a social media personality. You've got your own television show now. You're everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the big question is, how does a driven person like you fit it all in?
0: Uh, that's, you know, I, I always say, and I think I was in a little bit of denial about this for a very long time, but I am really highly functioning. Um, so I try to never waste a movement or never waste a moment. So I always give this example. is so when I'm driving into work and I'm going down and I have to scan my card, as I'm driving down, I hit the button for the window to go down. I reach for the card. So I barely even have to stop as I swipe to go in. I feel like that's my entire life is I'm never wasting a moment.
1: That's a that's a, yeah, that's a really good visual, actually, to like show how you can multi-purpose and make sure that you're getting the best out of every single moment. Give me an example of how you do that with your family. As, as a wife and as a mother, what are mm-hmm. some things that are efficient for you?
0: I think that uh, getting a lot of great help is really important and caring help. Um, but at the same time, I try to get everything done at work before I leave. And that might mean I'm here till 6.30. It might mean I'm here till 8.30. But when I get home, I try not to do more work at home. Sometimes after the kids go bed, then I'll you know answer all the social media DMs or comments. But I try to give them some time. Am I perfect at it? Absolutely not, you know. But at the same time, I'm a very like tiger mom kind of person. So I'm sure if I wasn't at work all the time, I'd be driving my kids crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> probably it probably turns out for the best.
1: Yeah. So you said uh, getting help is the key, and I really want to talk about this because we have two mm-hmm. types of listeners right now. Listeners on the coast who are used to that being a thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. get nannies, get help, get all the things and it helps you be successful. And then we have, and this is where I get all the hate mail DMs, but we have the whole middle of the country where that's Mm -hmm. like not acceptable. You're supposed to suffer. You're supposed to muscle it out and figure it out yourself. Talk to me about the benefit of really getting help so that you can be the best mom, the best business person, the best wife, the best everything that you can be.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's funny is I don't actually have that much help at home. Like I don't have a live-in nanny. I have, you know, somebody come help me clean, you know, on the weekend. Um, But I do have uh, an assistant four hours a day because I can't drive the kids around basically. Um, And she'll help me make returns to the store or go pick up laundry and things like that. And that isn't really, I never saw that growing up, like in a, you know, community new FOB kind of situation coming into this new world Nobody did that. The mom did everything. My mom did everything. So it's kind of a new territory for me too. I didn't really have anybody modeling this behavior for me at all. Uh, but I just realized that, you know, the amount of stuff I can get done here versus driving my kids around, that can be totally done successfully by somebody else and enthusiastically by somebody else. Me being a board-certified plastic surgeon training this many years to be able to help people Having to drive my kids around to their activities would drive me absolutely insane. And I probably wouldn't be the best mom at that. So same with tutoring. I might not have the amount of patience that a trained teacher would have, especially with my own children. And that probably wouldn't be the best idea for me to tutor them anyway. So I try to outsource where I think somebody else could do it as good or better.
1: Yeah. You stay in your zone of genius. I love that. It's such a good yeah. idea for everything that we do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I once read a quote from you and uh, it said, I love having a platform big enough to help thousands of people at one time. Yes. And it's important to me that I've become a mentor to so many young girls out there through social media. And your social media is amazing, by the way. Thank you. What message or messages are so important for you to demonstrate to all the women that, and, and girls that are watching you?
0: Well, I think I never really had a female, I mean, I had wonderful male mentors in surgery, but I never saw someone that that was feminine, a surgeon, a mother, and fashionable. Like that just didn't exist to me. It was sort of like, if you're one of those things, you can't be the other. And a business person too. It's almost like when you're a doctor, you're not allowed to pause and pivot you know, you're not allowed to be creative in other ways. It's sort of like, okay, we gave you the gift of training you. Now die with a knife in your hand. And that's sort of the way that the doctor mentality still is to this day. And that's why I get the hate mail from some people because they're like, you're using, um, what do they call it? Unfair tactics on social media. Me in a gown is an unfair tactic.
1: That's crazy that you get DMs about this. It is.
0: Oh my God. DMs. No, it's not even DMs. I mean, it's more like, you know, talking behind my back kind of situation. But um, I just feel like it's really important for me to show girls like you can be successful in multiple ways because your doctor doesn't mean you shut off your creative brain. It doesn't mean you shut off your entrepreneurial brain. It's just a platform to allow you to help others in many ways, not just the doctor way. Like I use that platform and regain the social media following. And now I can help inspire the masses, which is gives me purpose and prevents me from burning out in my doctoral. It makes me a better doctor.
1: It's amazing. I, I couldn't agree more with you. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Growing up Persian sounds a lot like growing up in the Midwest. Like you either yeah. are this or you are that. And why don't you have a family yet? Like that kind yeah. of pressure. You know, <laughs> My wife and I felt like outcast for so long that we just said, screw it, we're moving to LA. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you, um, you had mentioned you know some of the negative feedback that you can get when you really live Loud and proud and stand out on Mm -hmm. purpose, and you're unapologetic about your your message. How do you personally handle negative press or negative feedback or negative DMs when you live in the public spotlight?
0: Well, I think I had an aha moment. I used to care a lot, right? Because I'm a Persian girl. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be, you know, you're such a good girl. You did straight A's. Way to go, you know. And I just realized about a few years ago that these people who are criticizing me would actually. Get gain more joy seeing me fail than succeed. So why am I wasting my energy and my time worrying about what they think about me? I know who I am. My husband knows who I am. My patients know who I am. My close friends, my kids know who I am. I know who I am. So why am I you know, caring about what these people who really don't care about me at all think about me?
1: Was, there, they don't? was there a moment that you had this realization or was this just a natural evolution as you did self-development?
0: It was kind of like a natural, a natural evolution. Um, I did a bunch of billboards, you know, around, which is very like frowned upon you know, in the medical community, or used to be at least. Now a lot of people are doing them after I did it. But um, I had my picture on, and I would get phone calls like, "Oh, you know, we don't mind that you're doing the billboard, but just take your picture off." You know, but it's like there's certain things that differentiate me, right? I'm brown. I'm female. I don't look like an alien, and in the plastic surgery world, that that goes a long way. And when I had my pictures on it, the billboards did extremely well. When I took my and I listened to them, I was like, "Oh, I don't want to be mad at me," you know. I took my pictures down, and now there was no differentiator; it was just another advertisement, and it didn't do anything at all. So I took them down, and I just did a lot of like thinking, and I was like, "You know what? Why I, I went to business school too, right? I." know what marketing is i know what it will take for me to be successful and i'm doing it in an ethical way i'm not hurting anybody i'm not flagrantly like unethical or um even um i don't know it's not even crude my advertising it's just basically it saying, the same. come see me as a plastic surgeon and um i just realized like i can't put so much weight and the success of my life into other people's hands
1: yeah, I couldn't agree more. You just mentioned it uh, when you're describing all these leading attributes that you had. You said, I'm brown and you're not just a role model to women out there, you're not just a role model to girls out there, but to Persian women and mm-hmm. to people of the Persian community as well. How does yeah. that feel being such a role model and such a beacon of what's possible?
0: I mean, I think I get the mix of stuff too, right? I definitely get some hate from the Persian community and I definitely get a lot of love from the Persian community. So it makes me proud to be representing, you know, the Persian Jewish community, especially like a community of immigrants who've only been here since the 1980s. And to show that an immigrant community can come here and be successful. I mean, I freaking love this country. Like what this country has given me and my family Is unbelievable. And I'm just so, so grateful to be here and to have the opportunities that
1: I've had. That's so cool. I've got a friend and uh, he also um, comes from an immigrant family and he says there's something called the immigrant edge. Like it's this little something extra that you're able to try harder and go without for longer. What do you feel about that?
0: Oh, 100%. I actually worry about my kids because they don't... (laughs) Because they're like... Food now. Yeah, growing up in Beverly <laughs> yeah. Hills,
1: moms on billboards and TV.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'd like to, but I'd speak to them a lot. I'm like, this is where we came from. This is you know whatever. And I'm hoping you know I'm like, you like this lifestyle? Go maintain it. Like whatever it is. But um, there is definitely an immigrant edge. I mean that hunger, that drive. And I tell my kids, you know, I gave you your intelligence, me and your brain surgeon father your intelligence. That's genetic. It's what you do with it. It's the, it's the work ethic. It's that, you know, how many, how much sweat are you willing to put into it? That's what really matters because was, you know, as you go up in education and as you go to college, then medical school, then residency, you're with the creme de la creme. You are not the smartest person in the room, but you can be the hardest working and that pays off.
1: Man, that's that's some really good advice. We talk a lot about money on here. One of the most common questions uh, that people love when I ask individuals like yourself is Uh how do you want your children to grow up viewing money and success when they grow up in this really awesome world of privilege?
0: Well, I actually talked to my patients a lot about this. And I said, you know, if my you know, 13-year-old wants a pair of those Gucci sneakers that all her friends are wearing, what do I do? Do I get it for her or do I make her suffer and not buy it for her? And what they did... Suffer. And what they did I'm so suffering,
1: was, mom. I need the Gucci boots.
0: <laughs> suffer. But... um they basically said, you know, if, and, I, and honestly, to be, I know I'm a very visual person. I'm a freaking plastic surgeon, right? So it's like, I like to see my kids dress nicely. I like love them a little bit more, you know, when they're all like cute and like we're doing like picture day or whatever. I think they're adorable. So it's also like what I did when they were babies is my firstborn. I never bought her anything fancy and everything I bought was green and yellow. So in case the second child was a boy, then I can recycle those clothes. But then now she's big. I have no like dressed up pictures of her. I have, I mean, you never get that time back. So it's almost like I was hurting myself by trying to be so practical, right? Yeah. It's just like another way of thinking about it. So now what I, you know, my patients advice to me, the ones that are like super, super successful, way more successful than me, they basically say, give them those things when they hit 18 and say, hey, you like this lifestyle? Go out and work for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh,
1: <good>. Almost <laughs> like you're conditioning them. And giving them the tools because I heard you talk about that earlier, and then saying, Hey, yeah. you're cut off. It's up to you to keep this up now.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't like the Persians don't cut people off, yeah. but it's like, I'm not going to be buying your clothes anymore. You know, I might still be helping you with your education because that's a thing with us, but you know, I'm not going to be. Paying for your car. Nobody even wants to drive anymore. My kids are like, My first car is gonna be Uber. Yeah. Nobody... <laughs> I mean, times are changing
1: so quick, it's crazy. I grew up like your car was like your measure of, of success, your car. Right? Your home. Now they're like, I don't want to own a home, I don't want to own a car yes. want Uber, and I want to Airbnb my way across the world.
0: It's true. I know all of the like huge people are saying now, don't buy a home. It's a liability. Yeah. You just rent.
1: I've got a it's huge crazy. episode on that. It's a massive liability. Well, put it this way, it's not necessarily a liability, but certainly is not your good investment. Put in yeah,
0: law. yeah, exactly. But a lot of people are calling it a liability.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can, and I can absolutely see why. Um yeah. you know, are I want to switch gears a little bit. You're okay. massively successful in a very male dominated field, right? The field of plastic surgery. Yeah. How does that feel?
0: Oh my god, honestly, Chris I like I'm I'm working so hard with blinders on sometimes. I don't even know like I don't like checking I'm like I'm super successful in a male-dominated field. I don't even think about it that way. I'm always just like, "What's next? What's next? What's coming? Where's the economy going? What new toy is coming out? What new laser is coming out? What you know? What can I be on top of?" That's sort of my mentality. I love that picture with um, Michael Phelps that he's swimming and he's looking straight forward, and the guy in second place is looking at him. I love that. Yeah. That's like me. I like literally don't look at what other people are doing. Sometimes I have to force myself to because I know that that's part of you know staying on top of things is looking at doing competitor analysis and sort of what's that person thinking about what's that person doing. I definitely do a teeny bit of that, but mostly it's about um, where am I going next? Where do I want to be next year, five years, 10 years?
1: So let's kind of add on to that question. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of your brand is that you also show that you can be wildly feminine and stylish and all the things at the same time as being in this Field where you have to kind of be in your masculine a lot, right? Right. How have right. you managed to accomplish that? Because sixty percent of the listeners, they're women that are yeah. competing in business, which is sometimes you have to be in your masculine to do so. How do you keep yeah. that feminine edge?
0: I just sort of just like fashion, and like I said, I'm a visual person, you know. And also, I kind of am my own client, so I'm a strong believer in what you put out on social media is what you're going to attract. So I tend to put out. You know, a strong, successful female who looks good, yeah, I <laughs> you know, it. And, it, and, and like takes care of herself. And that's the kind of clientele I mostly attract. And I have a lot of male clientele as well, but it's, you know, it is mostly female. Plastic surgery customers are mostly female still, even though men are growing in that wow. sector. So it's just sort of putting out there my authentic self. And I think that is really what, you know, resonates with people is that I don't really hold back. I'm not trying to be some, somebody I'm not. It's just sort of like, these are the things I'm thinking about. This is what I'm wearing today. Um, it's not, oh, let me go buy that because I'm going to put it on Instagram. It's sort of like, I'm going to a bar mitzvah. <laughs> this is what I'm wearing. <laughs> so I, th- I just think it's just me. And I think those are the types of social media that really resonate with people.
1: Yeah, totally. It gives them permission. I love social media that gives people permission.
0: 100%. Oh, I love that.
1: So... I want to switch gears a little bit into talking about the Nazarian Institute. Yeah, um, you run this awesome event called the Think mm-hmm. Big Conference. I think the next yes. one is in LA in 2021. Did I see Chris Jenner speaking?
0: Chris Jenner spoke at our last one. So okay. right now, minus coronavirus, uh, we're definitely <laughs> speaking to a bunch of people to see who's going to keynote our next one. But. Um, yeah, we had Chris Jenner last, uh, this year, actually this past January and she was outstanding and talk about, you know, somebody we can all relate to. If you read her book, you, have you read it? No, not yet. Oh my God. You totally should. Like I didn't even read the OJ part of it. I just read like her growing up and it's so similar to a surgeon's mentality. It's crazy. Like we both lost a parent when we were 16 um, we both are like burn the candle at both ends because life is too short and you only have a limited time here on this earth. Um, she always says, you know, I'm always changing. I'm always morphing. I'm always redefining myself. I totally relate to that. I mean, I was reading the book and I was like, it's like she literally picked up my brain and wrote it down. And I don't know if everyone has that sort of reaction when they read the book, but I was just shocked at how many similarities there were in our upbringing and in our thought process. And in the ability to get a hundred things done at
1: once. She sounds like she's a bit of a role model or someone who inspires you.
0: Yeah. I mean, she she really, you know, if anything, it was like a parallel life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a in a much more privileged way, but the mentality uh was the same.
1: We my wife and I, this is such a tangent, but my wife and I had the weirdest thing with um Chris, like the weirdest coincidence. Mm-hmm. So two years ago we were in Mykonos and she was sitting one table over. And we yeah. didn't think anything of it because there's a lot of people at the spot where we were in in Mykonos. Then last year, we were in Monaco and she's sitting one table over. Now, what are the chances two different countries, two different years, two different restaurants at the exact same time to be sitting one table. We're like, what that does this crazy. mean? What is this, to to know, know. <laughs> what is this trying to tell us?
0: Right, you to have her on your show. I know, I know. What is this trying to
1: tell us? you? Maybe you can hook me up. Maybe you can introduce me with, yes. the, with the getting her on. Okay, so back to the Nazarian Institute, because this is so important to me. We talk so much about yeah. the ethos of giving and caring and sharing on this show, especially when you're successful and you have more to give and more to to share. Mm-hmm. It was. It's a nonprofit that, puts yeah. on this event and, and does has other initiatives that's really just focused on sharing best business practices and branding and personal mm-hmm. growth and professional growth. Why is it so important to you to have this nonprofit?
0: I mean this is such a huge gray area for physicians. Um, and I mean to tell you the impact this has on people, this year and last year, two different people reached out and said that they were suicidal and the conference saved them. I mean it is like for, for physicians or medical you know providers like we said before, it's almost like it's not permitted to feel. It's not permitted to want to step outside of maybe you know, what you're doing all day, every day, just because you are passionate about it you know, as a 20-year-old. Once you're in it, you've been doing it for a very long time. Maybe other things will bring you joy as well. Maybe, like, like me doing social media, doing all these TV shows, it brings me joy and helps me be a better doctor because I never get sick of operating. I never get sick of being in my clinic because I'm not here all the time. Kind of like coming home every time I every time I come. So this one is almost like showing people, hey, you have permission to pivot. You have permission to try new things. You have permission to use your medical degree and all the knowledge you have as a platform to help others in different ways. It doesn't have to just be this way. And it's such a power. It's a camp. Like people keep in touch. Uh, people come back year after year just to see each other. I mean, it's really unlike any medical conference. That exists.
1: Would there be any benefit to non-medical entrepreneurs and professionals attending?
0: That was my dream: is to have people of all different types of business and all different minds come in, because I think diversity in one room really gives birth to new ideas. Um, but as a conference runner, you also have to be practical. You know, we have sponsors, and they want one type of person in the room, like the aesthetic practitioner. You know, maybe one day when this grows really big, we can just have like American Express and Mercedes sponsors, so we can really fulfill my dream of getting all different types of entrepreneurs in the room. Because honestly, it's pretty much everything's been done. It might not have been done in your business sector yet, but it's been done. Like I spoke to a boutique owner, she's like, Oh yeah, every Christmas I send a candle to my top 80 clients. And I was like, hmm, that's a great idea. So, you know, last year we sent sent a robe, a plush robe with my logo on it. To our top eighty, so every time they come out of the shower, they're staring at my logo.
1: That's brilliant. It's brilliant, genius. <laughs> so it's just
0: like cool ideas come out, and they're so grateful. They're like, "Oh my god!" You know, like what doctor has ever sent me, you know, a plush robe? It's a great, but gift. Um, yeah, I mean, then every year we'll come up with something uh, really cool and new, um, and just to keep let, let the patients know we appreciate their business, and um, that's online with our kind of you know brand.
1: I love that. What mm-hmm. other charities? Uh, what other initiatives mean a lot to you right now?
0: Oh my gosh, there's so many um, Persian charities um, that help, uh, you know, people think of Persians and they're like, oh, they all have money, blah, blah, blah. But there's really people who really can't feed themselves but they're too proud to say anything. So there's charities like the Hope Foundation that will actually take money and food to people, Persian people in Los Angeles um, so that, you know, they can sort of maintain their appearances and their pride. Um, But it's just like any other charity helping people that just don't have enough. Uh, there's a uh, Magbeat Foundation, which uh, helps soldiers um, with scholarships to go to school after they've served. Um, there is uh, just so many looking beyond. All of these are charities based out in LA that I know people that are you know, very um, actively involved. There's another one one of my friends started called Children of War. And her husband is a plastic surgeon and was my my mentor, actually. And they bring kids that have been caught in the crossfire, like in Syria, Afghanistan, and they will provide free medical services for them in reconstruction. So there's so many good things happening. Um, It's incredible.
1: It's good to concentrate on those, especially in times like right now. There's so many Mm -hmm. resources out there that can make challenging times, like what we're going through right now... A lot less challenging to be honest, if we would just talk about them more and, and share them more yeah. and put them out there more.
0: I just think, you know, right now is such a crazy like apocalypse. like it's just like a movie right now. I cannot believe this is happening. But at the same time, when I was home all weekend cleaning and spending time with my kids, I was like, This is kind of, you know, very humbling, but also kind of lets you put things into perspective. And maybe it isn't always about grow my business, grow my business, get bigger, accomplish this. Maybe everything I have is right here
1: at home. Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I know we're using this as a a chance because a lot of our programs, events, stuff that we do has been postponed uh, to do like a book study with our team remotely on business books that'll make our team better. Like We're just Mm -hmm. getting really innovative on how we can turn this newfound space that some people have fear and pessimism around we're seeing how can we use this to be a gift and we're coming yeah. up with ideas left and right
0: i know it's 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 crazy and for us too like there's so many projects that we've always put on the back burner because we've been busy operating or taking care of patients but my new website was supposed to launch in january there's still pages that need to be built so we're taking the opportunity to do that we've been meaning to go paperless for like 6 months so we finally are working on that. So there's there's a lot of different things that kind of we'll put on the back burner that we can do remotely as well. But obviously as a physician, you know, I'm not, you know, general practice, I am a surgeon. So technically I have to be performing, you know, with my hands and in person in order to be, you know, productive. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to, you know, take this time as an opportunity to also follow up on some of the things that have sort of just been put on the back burner for a
1: while. It's a great time to do that. It's really good perspective. So where should we follow you? Where should we tap into everything that you're doing?
0: Oh my God. The biggest uh, place that I'm active on is on Instagram. So it's Dr. Sheila Nazarian. So if you just type in D-R-S-H, it should come up. Um, And I have a YouTube, Nazarian Plastic Surgery, um, which has all the gory videos on there of surgery. And uh, if you go on the uh, bio of my Dr. Sheila Mazarin on Instagram, I have actually five Instagrams. So, whatever you're into, spa services, skincare, surgery, or the Think Big conference, they all have their own separate Instagrams. Well.
1: You are killing it in the Instagram <laughs> space. Seriously, no, you're really fun to follow in that space.
0: <gasps> Thank you so much.
1: All right. So, last question, and I ask everybody this Give me a reason oh, okay. why people should be more unapologetic about their pursuit of success.
0: If not for any other reason, it feels so good to be yourself. Like, if it's so, it's a giving yourself permission to be yourself is an antidepressant, right? Following your true purpose and not being afraid of what other people are going to think. Maybe at first they think you're crazy. Maybe at first they're like, don't do it. It's too big of a risk. But doing that and following your purpose, that is the opposite of depression.
1: Yeah, boy, I couldn't agree more. That's some of the best advice we've ever gotten here at the end. (laughs) Dr. Nazarian, I can't thank you enough for being on. It means the world that you took a little bit of time out to do this and uh, wishing you nothing but well as we navigate this new challenge together.
0: Yes, you too. Thank you so much, Chris.